Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. This episode of HR Oxygen is brought to you by the Boss Builders. That would be us. Hey, for this year, we are really ramping up our training options. Now, post-COVID, we did a lot of virtual work. We had our Art of the Great Boss Masterclass. We had, I think, 15 or 20 different cohorts go through it, and we still have cohorts going through it today. It's a great program, one session a month for 13 months. But we also realize that audiences are ready for us to come back on the road and visit them at their house. And so we are implementing a couple of new programs. Well, they're not really new. Well, one of them actually is very new. The first one is our two-day driving results on-site management skills workshop. This involves learning how to manage people, learning about yourself, learning how to motivate, lots of exercises we do together, lots of opportunities to practice. Our second option, though, is a new hybrid option. And so what we wanted to do with this one is to establish an entire year with an organization. Three in-person, one-day on-site visits with virtual sessions in between. So in the in-person sessions, we can really work as groups. We can do some practice, some skill practice, and then we can touch base throughout the year with those individual virtual sessions. So that is our second option. We're obviously going to continue our Art of the Great Boss cohorts. But finally, you can also license and teach our curriculum. We've developed it to the point where really anybody could step in. There's a very robust train the trainer guide. I will also come on site and teach you how to teach the curriculum. So you could do it at your own time, your own pace, your own schedule. For information on all of these programs, just check us out online at thebossbuilders.com. If you're like most organizations today, there is a chance that you probably have some core values that your organization espouses. They put them up on the wall. Uh, maybe you talk about them at meetings. I believe that humans also have personal values. Now, these dictate how they spend their money, how they make decisions. And when those personal values and core values of organizations match, then you have harmony. If they don't, well, then you have a problem. The same applies to two individuals. If two individuals share the same values, there's a very good chance that they will probably connect a lot better. The big difference is that a lot of us probably are not aware of our personal values. I have to say that I really wasn't either. And it took the activity that I did with our guest today, Rachel Moore, to help me really drill down and develop some core values that I believe I am ready to embrace as I move into the fourth quarter of life. Once I did the activity, I knew that I had to have Rachel share it with you. And so today what we're going to do is talk about the activity. She's actually going to go through and I'm going to have her kind of debrief some of my results. And my hope is that you find this interestingly en interesting enough that you will reach out to Rachel and have her do this activity with you. There is a discount for those of you that have heard about this on the podcast. Listen to the end. She'll give you the discount code and the link. But I really want you to consider taking this journey of discovering your values. So I'm going to let Rachel talk about it. She does it much better than me. Go ahead and be ready because you know what time it is. Let's make sure the personal item is tucked under the seat in front of you. Make sure your seatbelt is buckled low and across your hips. Time for us to taxi to the runway. Should the cabin lose pressure, oxygen masks will drop from the overhead area. Please place the mask over your own mouth and nose before assisting others. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast, the show focused on the overworked, overwhelmed, and underappreciated HR professional. 
And now, here is the host of our show, the boss builder, Mac Monroe. Rachel Moore, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's so good to be back. Thank you for inviting me, Mac. It is our pleasure, Rachel. We have thoroughly enjoyed partnering with you over the past few years, and I'm really even trying to remember how we first met. I think, oh, I know how we met. We met obviously through my Rachel, who knew you through the Mops. And so we've had you do a few seminars for us. We've had you on the show a few times. But the reason I'm having you on today is you were the first person to kind of bring the concept of PQ to me. And we did a podcast on it. I think you did a breakout on it for us. But at that time, I didn't really think, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't know what to think about it. And then I ran into a friend of mine, Lee Comerford, who also uh, did PQ. And she said, hey, I'm doing a, a pod or whatever they call the pod and you want to be part of it. Uh, and I said, yeah, I'd love to. And so I did that and I found that journey to be amazing. And so if you've not done positive intelligence, uh, I would highly recommend that. And that is obviously a program you are a master at, Rachel. And I've loved having conversations about PQ with you. So all of that said, uh, you had brought it to my attention a while back that you had a new activity around values. And I remember saying that I would really be interested in that. And so trust me, Rachel, I'm going to let you talk in a minute, but I want to set this up so everybody knows we're going. Yeah. So probably 2020, I mean, 2020 was the big year for pretty much everything. And my business changed. And one of the things that I discovered, and it kind of started when I turned 50, was I was beginning to question kind of the religious upbringing that I was brought up in. And I think it just coincided with the age of 50, which is, I don't know, a time for reflection. And I began thinking, you know, I don't know if this is really me anymore. I don't know if it's me anymore. But the thing is, I don't know what to replace it with. And then 2020 came along, and then I saw that faith hijacked by a political party, and that was the end. And I was done. The challenge is, is that you just can't take something out of your life that has guided you for nearly 55 years and then have nothing. It's like removing the GPS from your car. Like, hell, I don't even know where to go now. And that was the feeling that I had. And I talked to you about it, and you mentioned that you were now doing this activity with values. And I realized that the values I had, I no longer had, but I needed the values to kind of get me on track. So you sent me some documents and you said, go ahead and start working on this. There are several steps to it. I want you to do steps, let's see, I think it was step one and then there was step two. I, my papers are all out of order here. Um, let's see if I can find them. Yeah, so let's see, step, oh yeah, so step two and then step two is where I ended. And then we got together and we went through the activity. Now I'm gonna let you talk through the rest of that, but here's what I will say. Um, this has been an amazing experience for me. And once I did it, I told Rachel that we need to be on the show and talk about it. And I'll be the guinea pig. We'll go through my stuff together because I want you to kind of explain how you do this without giving away your secrets. Because if you're listening to this today and you say, man, I need this, the good news is you will be able to do this. And Rachel has got a special offer for you, which she'll talk about at the end. So all of that said, um, I want to have Rachel walk me through this as if we were doing this together and I can fill in some of the blanks. And then what I'll finally do is I'll read you the values that I came up with that Rachel kind of guided me through the experience. So now I am done talking, Rachel. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate you sharing all that and, and uh, kind of the background and kind of how we arrived at this. You know, I think that that's one of the things that I found for I found for myself 
and I've found for a lot of my clients is that there comes a time when we just feel like we're not really sure who we are anymore or what really energizes us or what really, you know, we want to do, what our purpose is. You know, we have these questions and, and being able to discover and then being able to explore and then implement your values can be such a game changer. And, and that's why I offered it to you when we were talking about that, because I've known how much it's made a difference for me personally, as well as for my clients, because it, it is, it's one of those things where, whether we realize it or not, our values, our core intrinsic values, right? They are, they are not the social ideals. They're not our, you know, political beliefs. They're not the religious, you know, beliefs that maybe we, we think they are. Um, they're actually what are our underlying most intrinsic <clears throat> and driving behaviors. Uh, so, so they, they really, you know, determine what we're going to pay attention to, what we actually remember and then what we actually do or don't do. So, so being able to know what your values are is so important. And kind of the way that I, I work, uh, this, this system that I took you through, Mac, is something that I created for myself. I, I studied a lot about values and, and how to kind of have this compass in your life. I personally was at a, a, at a place where I was in a transition and I just felt kind of lost. I didn't know really what to do. I felt like I'd kind of lost even myself, my identity, and was trying to figure all this out. And so I started kind of learning a little bit more about values and started realizing what a, what a game changer they were and, and created this system. And what it is, 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 you know, kind of the way my mind works is, is taking everything uh, at high level and then kind of funneling it down. And so, so as you said, in steps one, and two of the process, then it's being able to have, you know, a ton of different potential values uh, to be able to see all of those values. And then you go through and you decide which one of those just kind of speak to you, which one of those kind of seem like something that would be, um, you know, part of a, a motivation for you or something that you could be passionate around or something that you would, you know, desire uh, those kinds of things. And then after you've selected all of those, then you go into step two, which is where you put them into five different groupings. So, which is really interesting. Um, you know, you have all these different words and then you, then now you get to decide what about these is, is common uh, to be able to kind of try and put into a group. So you're funneling it down even more. And then from those five groups, then you try to, you know, come up with one word, um, a one word emotional kind of state, a being um, that would describe what that grouping is. Um, sometimes it's one of the words you've used, sometimes it's not. Um, and so, and then from there, then after you've done that work, then that's where the work uh, starts where we do together. Yeah, so I remember you sent this to me and you said, all right, do steps one and two and, th and three. Mm -hmm. And so step one, and I don't even know how many words I'm looking at the page. There's like five columns it must be 25 or 30 words so yeah. you know abundance daring helping society and you know so i'm looking through this and i have a lot of colored pens you know so i'm circling and thinking oh i like that now that doesn't apply but it's still it, when i did this i'm like okay this really isn't helping me that much i some of these words stand out like you know pleasure stood out to me uniqueness cleverness uh change in variety calmness creativity 
and self-respect. So there, and I started circling them and I thought, yeah, I don't know where this is going. And then step two, uh, so I came by five columns and I started to place them in there. And that's where you can't see my sheet, but God, I was scratching them out. I was moving them around. It really took me a while to kind of figure this out. And so once I did, then I had my, what I thought were my words. And then when we did this together, I redid my words. So I'm gonna just tell you that my five uh, big groupings are creativity, inner peace, legacy, self-care, and care for others. Now, that probably doesn't mean anything to any of you that are listening, but to me, those mean a lot. And they don't mean a lot because I did steps one, two, and three. It was really when we got to steps four and above with Rachel's help that I really saw which one was most important. So Rachel, take us through step four, and don't go into a huge amount of detail, but you were kind of throwing me, okay, so we start with this value, okay, you know, how does this relate to this? I almost feel like I was taking the SAT, you know, or uh, one of those hard tests. And what you did with this is that you showed me which one is going to be kind of like the, the top, like the top one, because they end up getting rank ordered. So just take us through kind of how that works, Rachel. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things is that this, this for a lot of people can turn into just a thought exercise. And, and it, you know, if we're just accessing one part of our brain, then we can get certain information and certain help, but we really need to be able to access all of the parts of our brain to be able to really help us through this process. And so step four is where we get to also engage another part of our brain. That's the exercise that we go through um, to be able to, to actually learn which one of these values ranks at our at the top all the way down so you actually find your hierarchy of values um the reason why that's so important is because it, it, though like i said before your values will determine what you pay attention to they'll determine what you remember they'll determine the actions that you do or don't take and so being able to know your hierarchy can make such a huge difference an example of this would be one of my clients, he was hugely successful in business and he had decided he wanted to uh, go out on his own and, and establish a consulting firm. But he still wasn't taking the actions that he needed to be doing to, in order to be able to make that happen. And so um, we came together and we did the discover and explore your core values exercises together. And in finding his hierarchy, then he found that he had, you know, certain values among them were, you know, contribution and growth and freedom and, uh, and also what he called certainty, which really, when we got into some of the other steps, which we'll talk about in a minute, then it was pretty much kind of defined as stability and security. And when he found his hierarchy and realized that certainty was at the top for him, even though growth was highly important, freedom was highly important contribution was highly important because going out on his own wouldn't provide that certainty. He was essentially, he, you know, shooting himself in his own foot all the time because he, he was doing things that were not going to feel certain or stable or provide security for himself until he was able to start to recognize that and understand why he wasn't taking the actions, then he was going to continue to stay stuck. So did certainty then bubble up to be his primary? It was all, yeah. So when we went through and we did the hierarchy for him, then certainty was his number one. And once wow. we found out that that's what his number one was, even higher than, so hit for his, then it went certainty and then contribution and then freedom 
and growth and connection. And so for him, because certainty was his number one and what that looked and felt like for him was stability and security. And by going out on his own, it wasn't going to be providing that. Then we started to understand and he started to become aware of why he wasn't taking certain actions that he needed to be taking, even though he kept saying, I need to be doing this, I need to be doing this. And he knew what he needed to do, but he still wasn't doing them. And that helped him to understand and have that aha moment of, wow, now I get it. Because your hierarchy determines what you're actually going to do. And that's that's just natural for us as human beings. We will naturally do whatever we value most. And for him, it was doing what was gonna help him to have stability and security not freedom, not contribution, not growth, even though that's what he was saying. And that's what he thought he wanted, but he was still having that certainty part that was getting in the way until I was able to take him through some other exercises and help him to be able to move past that and get unstuck. What I love about that, and maybe this is why I think too, um, and I can only recommend this from my personal perspective, is that when I took the PQ, uh, when I went through the PQ boot camp. That's when I started to really get tuned into self-awareness. And I think that's why when I got to this, I was really ready. Self-awareness, I think, would mean that that person probably would realize, you know, what certainty is like most important for me. And even though I'd love to have my own business, I, I just know me. And I think that's what most of us can't do. I certainly can't do it. And I've had far more training in it. But the ability to say, no, you, you, this is why you're not doing it. That, that is an amazing gift to have. Since we don't have it, or a lot of us don't, the beauty of a tool like this is this can really reveal it to you. Absolutely. And, you know, how powerful. Like, yeah, I want to be my own boss. Yeah, I want to have certainty. But those, those are not synonymous. Trust me. You and I both know that now, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> I Absolutely. can't remember the last time I said, man, I am good. We got more work than we know what to do with. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So let's go back to this. So when you were doing this with me, you're saying, okay, so let's go to the first one. How does it impact that? And I didn't know where this was going. But when I was finished with it, I came up with um, my top five core values in ranked order. Uh, and this was like the first pass through. I had leaving a legacy, creativity, caring for others, caring for self. And, and I couldn't figure out the last one. So then I went back through it again. And this is before we did this part because I was trying to work ahead. Okay. Uh, I, I, so these are my first statements. And I want, I want to read these just so you can see how different it was when Rachel walked me through it. So my first one I have was leave a legacy. Uh, and then I said, I want people to remember me and what I've created fondly. And then I put creativity, whatever I do, I want to be totally different and better than anything like it. And caring for others, I want others to feel special and cared for when they spend time with me. Caring for self, I want to be kind to myself physically and emotionally. And then the last one, I just put peace down and I, I, I didn't really know what to put. And that's when I thought, okay, you know what? Talk to Rachel. And that's what I did. So the good news is when I went to you, I have the ones you did. And then those came out completely different because rank ordered, it was creativity. Secondly, inner peace, which was different from what I had legacy, self-care, um, and then care for others and ranked in those orders now. So for me, um, then we started to put the value statements together. And so I remember this was like creativity. I had that one down and that's obvious a priority for me. And I think anybody that knows me probably can agree with that one. But when it came down to the next few, that was a lot more difficult. So like inner peace, you said, all right, close your eyes and you kind of walk me through it. And, uh, 
I was there. I was like on the beach. I was relaxed. It was warm out. And, and so here was my statement, right? It was, uh, I am positive, open, warm, clear, empowered, invincible, and absolutely genuine. And that seems like a really loaded statement. And, and maybe it goes beyond the boundaries, but I'm comfortable where it is now. And I think that genuineness was a big value. And I, and I think what's done it, and I know I shared this with you, but I just hate fake shit. I really hate it. And I hate when people are fake. And I almost want to get off social media because 99.5% is bullshit. And so I hate that. I hate fake stuff. And I, it used to drive me crazy when I was a kid. My brother and I, my parents had us in church every time the door was open. And every single time we went, my parents fought. The whole way to church, the whole way home. But as soon as we got out of the car, man, it was like they were two different humans. And that bothered me then, and it still bothers me to this day. I wanted that to somehow be in there. I don't want to be fake like that. And so when I put absolutely genuine, it seemed to fit in there. Um, so then the next statement, and so anyway, the, the statements, um, they sort of are kind of like that. But then step seven, Rachel, is you got to create the affirmations. And yeah. so you told me I have to put them down like I'm already doing it, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's where the final values finally came out. So creativity, I put down, that's my primary. I mean, number one, I look at situations in innovative ways and find solutions nobody else does and create meaningful things out of nothing. And when we put that together, I thought that fits. That's exactly what I want to do. Inner peace, I already told you that one. Legacy, now as I'm getting close to 60, so I put legacy, I am finishing strong. I'm willing to walk away at the top of my game. I'm leaving a positive memory that people will remember fondly. And I shared my reasonings with you for that. And then the last two, self-care, I'm, I'm living a healthy routine. Um, obviously I'm not living the value right this moment. I'm living <laughs> a healthy routine that lets go of what brings me down and improves my quality of life. And the last one is care for others. And, and I didn't want it to seem obligatory. Like, yeah, you gotta have, you have self-care, you better put care for others because people think you're selfish. And I thought, I am selfish. This is all about me. And I think that's a value. So care for others. And again, this is a big stretch. And I completely blew it last week. I treat others with empathy the way they want to be treated. And they's capitalized, by the way. And I'm genuinely concerned for what concerns them. That's a stretch. That is a major stretch. And, and this past week when I was on the road, I thought, God, I am not living the value because uh, I don't give a shit about others at this point. I'm really not feeling it. So that's the challenge. The beauty of having values is that it gives you something to hold on to. It's a kind of like it's like I think it's like a GPS, you know, at the, at the next right, make a right turn. At the next light, make a right turn. Like these kind of help you do it. The thing that they also do, though, is, is really keep you accountable. And that's the hard part of it. Because having values and not living them is like, you know, what I experienced as a kid growing up. It's all fake. So, um, so that part is actually very difficult. And there was times last week when I'm like, damn, why did I do that? When I didn't have values, I wouldn't even think about this stuff. But now that I do, I have to think about it. But that's yeah. exactly what I wanted. I wanted some guidance, right? And I have it. It's not always fun. But... I can tell you that this has really helped because it's making me more intentional. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing is that once you start to understand what your values are and you start to understand how they impact your life, it's really, you know, when people talk about not really feeling like they're living their best life or not feeling fulfilled in their lives, it's usually because they're somehow not living according to their values. And um, and I think that's really important to to 
aspire to live to your values like you said is that you know we're we're not perfect we're all human we're not going to do everything perfectly because of that at the same time knowing that these are the things that energize you the kinds of things that that motivate you the kinds of things that you want to be able to to live out in your life and and then whenever you are successful at it that those are the kinds of things that help to to you know help you to feel like you're living your best life that's that's what's really important and to be able to have these and know what they are i think that's one of the things is so many people kind of go go through life sleepwalking and yes that's a great analogy you're right you know? and so the, so it's it's a great way to wake up and to be able to recognize you know the things that are really motivating to you the things that are really inspiring to you the things that are really what you what really are your guiding principles in life, whether you're living according to them or not. And, and it's one of those things where, you know, once you know, especially what your hierarchy is, you know, you, there are things that I take my clients through to help them to understand how to tie things to their values so that they'll find motivation to do things that they're wanting to do, but they're currently not doing, or to be able to find greater fulfillment. A big part of that is, you know, I, I live in California and so we have all kinds of different types of vegetation that can grow here. <laughs> and, and in my front yard, then I have multiple kinds of vegetation. Some need a lot of water, some need, a, you know, not so much water. And I've learned that you can kill something with too much water, just as much as you can kill it with not enough water. And it's the same thing with our values. Sometimes we, we're overwatering certain values to the detriment of others. And, and so learning what your values really are, becoming awakened to what those are can really help you to notice also when you're overwatering something so that you can make sure that you're, you're balancing your life in a way that will help you to be able to, to find that best life too. Well, it's, you know, it's interesting as I'm listening to you and I'm looking at my values. So, you know, another reason I did this too is I'm 59 this year. And so I don't know exactly when I'm going to start the fourth quarter of life. It'll be after boss builders. I don't know when that'll be. Um, but for me, it's like, then what do you do after that? And so, you know, the things that I love doing is art, artistic things. I've just finished taking a sculpting class. In fact, my wife and I are going to start doing some pottery together. That totally attracts me because my value of creativity. I look at situations in innovative ways and find solutions nobody else does and create meaningful things out of nothing. Our sculpture teacher says, we're gonna sculpt food. I'm like, oh, this is great. I wanna do a new, uh, a new interpretation of a cutting board full of ribs because my other passion is competitive barbecue. So I made little ribs out of clay. But here's the interesting thing, the competitions for barbecue I really enjoy doing those, but over the past year, I've just not been as excited about it. And I think now that we've done this together, I look at my number one value, it's creativity. I look at situations in innovative ways and find solutions nobody else does and create meaningful things out of nothing. Let me tell you how barbecue competition works. There's standards. Your chicken has to be cooked a certain way. Your brisket has to be cooked a certain way. Everything's gotta be to impress judges who take one bite out of your food and throw the rest away. So I'm cooking three racks of ribs to get me six solid best possible ribs ever to give judges who take one bite and throw it away. And I've won prize money. It's not like I don't win and I'm bitter, but I just realized, wow, you can't get creative in competitive barbecue. Your stuff has to look like everybody else's. You can't get creative. But when I cook for family and friends, like, hey, we're gonna do Jamaican jerk fries. 
Like we're gonna do something totally different that you've never, it will fuse things that should never be fused and you will love it. That's what I get out of pottery. And that's what I don't get out of competition barbecue. So that's why it's like, there's a competition I always do in July. And so far I think they're not gonna hold it. And I'm not devastated. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. I like going out, I like cooking all night. I just, you can't get creative. So I can see where your number one value can really tell you like, okay, Maybe just focus on cooking for your friends or maybe just cater because caterers, they're going to want the rib meat that falls off the bone. Yeah, competition, you got to bite through it. So if you got dentures, you're in big trouble, you know? <laughs> so uh, so I, it's, this is what I love. It makes clarity. Like, no wonder you're not as excited for contests now because now you know you can't get creative at a barbecue contest. you got to follow the rules, which is the antithesis of me. I'm not a rule guy. So... This, this is why I love this, Rachel. This is so powerful. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. It's, it's one of those things, too, where, you know, in life, then we're not often faced with having to choose between what's good and what's bad. We usually are faced with making decisions between what's good, what's better, and what's best. And so being able to know what your values are, it helps you to be able to make better choices and better decisions for yourself because you know what you actually consider best. So being able to know that, then it helps you to be to be able to have that clarity, like you're talking about, and to be able to to let go of things that maybe aren't as fulfilling as you're you're assuming they would be, right? But you but when you actually understand this, you recognize that maybe that's one of even the better things. The competitions maybe that was that was better than just good, but it wasn't what was best. And so being able to even know that it helps us to be able to let go of things as well that that we might be holding on to that might be keeping us stuck and, and holding us back. So that was, you said, good, better, best? Yeah. I love that. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> because that's this thing. I don't want to say I don't want to do barbecue anymore because it's bad. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's better. Is it best? No, it's not best, but it's better. Yeah. So I love that. It's still good. It's, it's like a choice of yeses, you know? I love this. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things that I also help a lot of my clients with is what I call the learning the art of the guilt-free no. And a big part of that is you've got to know what your values are to be able to know what you want to say yes and no to. Because when you say no to something, then you're saying yes to something else and vice versa. And so often people are saying yes to all these things, not realizing that a lot of times what they're saying no to are their values and the things that would really energize them, the things that would really help to fill up their, their cup to put their oxygen mask on in order for them to be able to, to continue to do the things that they want to do. So I don't, I don't know if you have an answer for this. I just look for your estimated best guess on this. But if you were to take the population of the U.S., I don't even know how many people. You know, there's a lot of them. Um, I think most of them live in California now. But, <laughs> and a lot of them moved here to Tennessee from California. A lot of them have. Yeah. My neighbor, my office mate across the hall here is from California. It's almost where I grew up, which is kind of wild. So anyway, where I was going with that is, do you think there are more people in the U.S. that have this level of self-awareness about their values and things? Or do you think there's less? Oh, I would definitely say less. It's, it's amazing how so many people that I work with come to me feeling like they're already self-aware. And they, they have just barely scratched the surface when it comes to what they really can, can learn, um, especially with regard to their values. No, that was certainly my experience. And I think, you know, the beauty of doing PQ first was that I was able to identify a lot of the things that were holding me back 
but that wasn't really helping me figure out how to go forward. It was almost like I was doing damage control to prior damage. And that's where I think so many of these values became more clear to me because I was looking, you know, like all that stuff with growing up, going to church with my parents, that was always in my mind. But it wasn't until I started to see how that was impacting my life as an, a past middle-aged male. Like, how is that still affecting you after all these years? But the beauty of it, I started to see my avoider, uh, accomplice saboteur. And I started to see the pleaser. And it's like, wow, no wonder you did all that. But what that didn't do is help me get primed now that I'm healthier that way. How do I continue to get better? The values were like the passing of the baton. So I, like the friend you mentioned, I thought I had a ton of self-awareness. We do a bunch of assessments in our programs. I thought I knew myself. When I did PQ, I thought, wow, this is peeling down a layer I've never even realized. And I thought I was deep until you and I sat down. I thought, oh my God, we're going deeper still. We keep <laughs> digging, we're gonna get out the other side, right? I don't know what's on the other side. I heard the Chinese were digging a tunnel through the earth. Maybe they were trying to get to the U.S. Do you remember saying that when you were a kid? We're going to. I remember hearing China. that when I was a kid. Yes. Yeah, we actually tried it. I don't think we got to China. We got probably six inches in and gave up. But but all of those things, like going deeper, and and then it's almost like I'm being reintroduced to myself at this age now. It seems kind of strange. It would be like if you could meet your parents at the age you are now. That would be just a weird thing to like talk to them if you could somehow. And that's what I sort of, I feel like I'm finding meeting myself at age 59. Now. Yeah. You know, and I think that's one of the things is, is that we all have values, like I said, that are, are affecting what we pay attention to, affect what we remember, affect what we do or don't do. And, and being able to understand that it, it helps us to have so much clarity around why we do what we do and helps us to understand why certain things are important to us and other things aren't helps us to be able to understand you know what it is that's kind of our driving factors that we just don't have any awareness around and it really the one of the main things with your values is that they're a compass they're a compass that helps to point you in the right directions when there are so many different you know good better and best things out there to be able to to know what you consider the best because every you know the thing about your values is they can change depending on what stage of life you're in. So it's helpful to, to do this exercise periodically, but also one of the things with your values is that, you know, they're as unique to you, to you as they are your fingerprints. Even if some people have similar, similar values, you know, like the list of values that you shared, Mac, even if people have similar ones, if they're listening to this podcast and saying, oh yeah, the, I, you know, I would, you know, be right there with Mac. I, I think those are pretty much mine as well then they're going to play out in a very unique way. Well, even when you were walking me through this and you walk like for inner peace, you said, here, just close your eyes. And it's like you, you helped me experience it, inner peace for me. Yeah. But inner peace for somebody else would probably look totally different, wouldn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, one of, one of my you know, core values is learning and growth. And so learning to me could look very different to somebody else. Some, one person might, when they think of learning, it might be, learning facts and figures because there's a type of comfort in certainty and numbers for them. Right. Whereas for somebody else, it might be learning for me, it's about learning, you know, personal development because growth is really what it comes down to. I, I love growth and progression and, and for other people, it might be, you know, philosophical or, or religious types of, of, you know, concepts and, and understandings because that helps give them, you know, some type of peace, 
So it's it's really interesting, you know, what when you really dive into these values, understanding what they really mean. I think that's one of the things that a lot of people have found the most difficult going through the process is when they have to actually decide and determine what these actually mean to you as an individual um, and, and really define them um, because that's whenever you really understand what you really think and what you really feel um, about something. And so being able to take people through to that level and then to be able to use them as your compass and as your guide moving forward. So what would you see are good ages to maybe do this at? Oh, wow. You know, I would say one of it's more so than ages. I would say for anybody who is in a period of transition, okay. who's trying to figure something out for themselves, whatever age that may be, then absolutely knowing your core values will, and especially the hierarchy of your values, the true hierarchy will, will completely change everything for you. You know, they're there. Well, I'll say one thing about values. They're not all powerful, <laughs> but they are extremely powerful, right? They can't mm -hmm. make everything change, but, but they will, they will help to provide that direction for you. Like that compass we're talking about. They'll also help you to know how to find motivation to do certain things that maybe you're not finding motivation to do, how to tie certain actions to your values in a way that will help you to have that intrinsic motivation to, to actually do them. So it's, that's more, I would say, as somebody who's trying to, trying to figure something out or somebody who's in a transition of some kind and just, or somebody who's just feeling a little lost uh, and, and just trying to figure out something for themselves would, would probably be the best. Yeah. I'm, you know, as I'm listening to you and thinking about it too, I think, you know, my situation, you know, when I'm trying to replace old values with new mm -hmm. is a great time. I would think too, somebody who's doing a major career transition, absolutely, maybe a totally different industry, somebody who might be saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to move out of the U S and go live abroad. I think you would need to do it then too, once yes. you got there, because your values may not translate as well. Um, but I think somebody maybe even getting out of a long-term relationship yep. because as a couple, you would probably begin to bl have blended values and all of a sudden it's like, we're not together anymore. What do we do? It seems like, well, you need to figure them out for you. You're not a couple anymore. You're a single and you, you have a life you're going to live. And I think you need to figure out your GPS because your partner ain't there anymore. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, even, even people who are going into college. Who are trying yes. to figure out what their you know career path is, what they want to try and do that way or even new parents trying to figure out especially i i can speak for myself where mine came from where i created this process was i was in the corporate world and i was very successful at what i did and you know whenever i decided to stay home with my son whenever he was born then I was going through almost like an identity crisis because I was so used to having all these accolades and all these, you know, people telling me what an amazing job I was doing all the time. And you don't get that as a parent. And so I need to figure out what's, what actually is. is you get plenty of people giving you advice, which makes you think you're not doing a good exactly, job. Exactly. And then you don't, you know, the, the main person you're trying to take care of isn't able to communicate to you that you're doing a good job or not, you know? And well, you only really hear when you're not because they're screaming exactly, their lungs out. Yeah. Exactly. So, so really anytime, anytime that you're going through something, um, a, a, some type of, of period of transition, uh, is, is a fantastic time to really go through and really discover and explore your values. Cause like I said, your, your values can also change over time, depending on what stage you're in. 
And so if you're moving into a different stage of life, then it's really helpful to, to get clear again on what are the values that are going to help guide you for the, through this next stage. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking, God, even if we could give this to people who are getting out of the military, you know? Oh, yeah. I'd say if I had this when I got out in 98, this would have, I mean, I think I did all right, but I think this would have really helped me too because I was moving on from, you know, honor, courage, commitment to basically unknown. And, you know, those were the Navy's core values. So... Um, those weren't relevant to me, even when I was in honor, courage, commitment, you know, it wasn't really my thing, but, uh, these values would be me. If I had my own military, these would be our values, you know, and, uh, that again, you know, looking at my third one, which is legacy, finishing strong. It's like, I look at that when I'm not feeling it, like you, you can't quit now. You've got to finish out your career. So finish strong. It's just been really useful. So I guess, Rachel, uh, as we wind down here, if... Yeah. If somebody is listening and saying, wow, I really need to have Rachel help me out with this, uh, I might even be interested in that PQ stuff she does too. Uh, but especially for the values, Rachel, how would it be the best way for us to, um, to do this? And, and as listeners to our podcast, do you have any price breaks you might give us? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the best thing to do would be to reach out to me mm-hmm. um, on my website. There's... You, know, you can find a link there to be able to to access this opportunity to be able to both discover and then explore your core values and and absolutely for the listeners then a price break uh, you can type in the code HR oxygen and normally this would be 750 but um, that'll help to give you a price break down to 599 okay well that's a pretty good break yeah and I think for what you're gonna get from this a brand new GPS for your life. I think that's a damn good discount right there. So you will find that link in the show description if you're looking for it. And uh, again, Rachel too, you also do the PQ boot camps, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so you can also find, uh, find that on my website. So I can also, you know, you can use that link in the, in the show description as well. Beautiful. So that is rachelmorecoaching.com, right? Yes. So it's R A C H E L. M-O-H-R, and then coaching at, uh, at dot com is, is my uh, website for anybody who's interested. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. RachelMoreCoaching.com. All right. So you will find that link in the show description. Rachel, thank you so much for taking time to talk about this journey. But really, more than anything, thank you for introducing me to this and taking me through the journey. Personally, this has been, you know, game changer and at a perfect time in life. So thank you for that. If you are listening, please check that link out. This will be a very, very good opportunity for all of you. Rachel, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for the opportunity, Mac. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to another episode of the HR Oxygen podcast. I hope you enjoy listening to these as much as I enjoy making them. I've learned so much from the guests we've had on the show over the past few years And I hope that you will continue to listen to us regularly. If you are a subscriber on any podcast app or channel, would you do us a favor and take a moment and leave us a review? We would really, really appreciate it. Also, if you have the time, check out all the offerings we have on our website, which is thebossbuilders.com. We have every other month a Sherm Credit webinar that we present, as well as a ton of other events, not to mention our Art of the Great Boss and Art of Being a Great Teammate programs, more information on that site today. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Oh, by the way, you may want to unbuckle that seatbelt. I think we just arrived at the gate. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. 
We hope you found something today that will relieve your stress, feed your soul, and pump you up to face another day. At Boss Builders, we want to let you know that we appreciate the hard work you do every day as an HR professional. And as a reminder, always make sure to adjust your own oxygen mask before attempting to help those around you. Be well.